Welcome to Her Digital Brand, a podcast where we interview female founders and leaders of some of the best brands on the internet. I'm Kyler Nixon, and I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Brad Bishop, in just a minute. Today on the show, we have Madison Pineberg, founder of Mother Figure. We're going to cover her journey from personal fitness trainer and community builder to online digital brand entrepreneur. Madison's going to give some really practical tips for getting the most out of your social media and really being true to your authentic self online. Let's jump in. Madison, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. It's great to see you. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, us too. Okay. I want to jump in. I just want to get into like some of the background of Mother Figure. Like, how did it start? Like, what do you sell? Like, just give me kind of like a 30,000 foot view of your brand. Okay, awesome. So Mother Figure is a woman single source for pre and postnatal exercise and education. So it is a platform where we discuss all things health and wellness in pregnancy and motherhood. Um, It's kind of evolved to even more than that now, which has been really, really cool. Um, And I can get into all that in a minute. But basically, it started because movement has always been a huge part of my life. I grew up as a dancer. I danced professionally. And then I decided to get into the fitness world. And I have been, oh, man, I've been in the fitness world for like, almost a decade now. And then I became a mom (laughs) and everything changed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, you know, everybody says everything changes, but I didn't realize all that. Um, But movement has still always been a huge part of my life. And that didn't change just because I became a mom. So I was like, there has to be a way that I can still make this a priority and still help and educate moms in this space while being a mom first. And so that is kind of how mother figure started. And now I train prenatal women, postnatal women, women who have been moms for years. And it's just kind of, it's really evolved to something more than I thought. And I hope it keeps evolving, but it's been really fun to watch it grow and, you know, just see what my small passion and combining my passion of movement and motherhood could kind of produce, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I love it. One of the things that I've always been fascinated by, particularly with your brand, but there's obviously a few other brands that have done it is like, you had this in person thing that you created, right? Like you didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. start online, you didn't start Mm -hmm. like a digital brand first and foremost. So talk to me a little bit about how that transition happened, like maybe a little background into, you know, you're doing these in person kind of community based training sessions. And then you started like realizing that you wanted to maybe turn that a little more digital. Yeah, definitely. So like you said, I started in-person classes. I would do just pregnancy workouts where I'd have all pregnant women come. We would get together, do that. I would also do the education aspect where I'd have speakers come in. I would educate them on different topics. Um, I would also do a postnatal one. So we had a really cool in-person community that was built. And then again, mom life. <laughs> it's going to keep coming up because that's that's what everything comes back to. But I just realized that these women don't have, myself included, don't have the time and availability to get to these in-person things as often as they would like. Obviously, that's the ideal world. Everyone has more hours in a day than they can handle. And, you know, they have all this time to do everything they want, but that's just not realistic. And then it's even harder once you add tiny humans to the mix. So, right. <laughs> um, 
it was, again, everything with mother figure has kind of been a natural transition or a natural progression. And it just kind of made sense. So even though in-person was thriving and it was awesome, I could see the need for more. And I knew that I would be able to reach more moms and help more moms and even help the moms I was currently working with in a different and better way um, by basically being in their homes <laughs> all the time, whatever they wanted, whether that was, yeah. you know, if they're early risers, they could do my program then. If they stay up late, they could do it then, you know, whenever they have the time and availability. So we took the leap and we transitioned to a digital platform and that's where we do our e-course. And then we're also working to build, um, a workout platform for on-demand workouts. So I have some available, but that's kind of the next big step for mother figure. So yeah, it's been kind of, again, just a natural transition and it just kind of made sense. That's one where the world is going, but that's where moms are at too. They need the time and the resources to take care of themselves, but they need to have it on their own time. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Madison, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, Madison, I'm curious. Um, you kind of said how this evolution of your brand, what, what was the timeline? Like what, what, when did you start Mother Figure? So it has happened very quickly. Um, I started Mother Figure when I was five months postpartum. So my son was five months old. Um, it had always been an interest in mine. I had run another business. It was called Mad Fit. And so I bought the name Mad Fit Moms because I thought maybe one day I would want to do that. But I wasn't in that space or that life. You know, that wasn't the season of life I was in. And so I just kind of kept it on pause. But then as soon as I had my son, like I said, everything changed. And my world as I knew it changed, which I meant I knew my other mom's world <laughs> changed as well. So I started at five months postpartum. Um, I was working at a gym and I'd been there for seven years and I just knew it was time to be done. So we decided that mother figure was happening and we got it up and running in one month. <laughs> and it was terrifying and scary. And the night before launch, I was actually up until three in the morning on the phone, working with someone in London, trying to get my brand all finished. And so <laughs> wow. um, when people think that I've been working on this for a long time, I would say the level of effort was still there for the, like all that yeah. I just condensed it into a very short period of time. Um, and then I launched it right away and I had people uh, in my in-person workouts a month later and we did a few different sessions in person. And then like we said, we just kind of saw the need for a bigger platform and more. And that's when we reached out to Kyler. And that also went very quickly, I feel like. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah. And it, it's been really cool because it was something I, I always say, I drag my feet on big ideas because I'm scared. I'm nervous. Like that's just my, my nature is to hesitate a little bit. And my husband was like, nope, we're doing this. There is a need not only for the other moms, but for myself too. He could see that fire kind of being relit in me. And he's like, we're doing yeah. this. Like, let's just go. We're going to pull the trigger. So basically we're a year and a half into this. Hmm. So, Listening to yeah. you talk though, I would, I mean, just listen to what you described. I was it, literally I, I, just about to say that. I would never <laughs> have said or described you as someone that drags their feet. I mean, like, yes. you seem was, like you're, you're all in. I was just about to say the same thing. I was just about to say the same thing. And I know okay. you more than Brad does, right? Because we've worked True. together, you know, a lot longer period of time. Yeah. And I never would, like, if someone said, describe Madison Pineberg to me, I would have never said drags her feet hesitant. Like those would be at the opposite end of 
the list. So that's really no, fascinating. That is so funny because I think that's what most people would say. I really do. Cause they've like, you have, you kind of saw that I, I somehow rise to the occasion. I somehow figure it out and get there, but it's hard for me. It is so out of my comfort zone. It's so hard for me to make big decisions um, and risks scare me. I mean, they should for everyone, yeah, right? Yeah. They're a risk, right, right. but they, they do, they freak me out. So I think maybe it's just an internal thing that I have to really, really work through, but I do somehow I do always take the risk. So I guess you are right. <laughs> and I do always challenge myself and I, I, you know, I do pull the trigger, but it scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the difference though, is that you, cause we, we have a couple other clients who I would say like are similar to you, right. Which is why we mentioned, we love, you know, working with brands like yours. It's like, you're cautious. And then when you jump in, you're like all in because you have no other choice. Right. And so I feel like we got to experience much more of the all in Madison, you know? And so like you were jumped into it and I was like, oh, she's a go getter. Like you're on top of things, <laughs> but like, it, it sounds like maybe it took a minute to kind of get yes. to that point. And when you jumped in, you're ready. Yep. You are, you are yeah. dead on. And that's, I, that's kind of how everything is. I'm nervous. I hesitate. I think about every possibility and then I decide to do it anyways. And then I'm in yeah. and I'm, I'm all, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm set. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I, I think it. there's a really good message in there because there are so many brands that never get started because people are so, they want to wait till everything's perfect, perfect timing, or they just are afraid of all the risk. Well, you did it. And so I think there's a really good message in there for that to like, if you've got an idea, just go for it. Yeah. And I think you're so right. And that's what my husband kept reminding me. He's like, you have to start somewhere. You got to just figure it out. You won't ever be the best. You won't ever be able to figure out how to perfect it all unless you at least start. So it's again, it's scary, but it's, it's so worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And so talk to me about you're obviously in, in fitness is a very competitive space. Um, there's a lot of people in there. So Tell me about some of the challenges you've experienced trying to carve your niche in a very competitive field. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, fitness in general, take the the mommy training out of it. It's, it's a lot. And there's, there's something for everyone, which is amazing, but there's so many different views and opinions and it's hard to kind of weed through all of that. Um, and so I kind of did think, oh, I've got, I found this little niche. I found this little space in the mommy training world. That's so unique. And then I got into it and it's even more saturated than I thought it was. And I'm finding out new, new people every day and, you know, different programs and things. And it's just so funny. Cause I just didn't even know that all the, this whole world existed until I'm in it. And I've had to really, again, talk myself through this each time, kind of like the risk taking. And every time I see something new pop up or a new program or a new competitor or whatever, instead of saying, oh, this is so saturated, this is so you know, challenging to make my mark, I remind myself that if there are that many people here, that means there's that big of a need. And that there's, there are enough moms or women in general, because I, I train all women, but there are enough moms and women in general that need what I have to offer and need my help. And then I take it one step further. And I remind myself that the other trainers, coaches, programs, they are not me. And I am not them. There is someone for everyone. And 
again, it's hard. It's hard to always remind yourself of this when you're in all that, but, but it's so true. It's like my personality may click and mesh perfectly with someone else. And then it will completely clash with someone and they may not vibe with me. And that's why the world is so great, you know? So it's hard and it's hard to make your mark, but I think just being true to yourself, sticking to what you know, and, and being, you know, just good at, how do I say it's being the best version of yourself and just being good at that and not trying to be someone else. And, you know, you just have to be okay with it. It is you're, difficult though. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever met you and you're just like dropping gold here today. I mean, we could probably wrap this interview right now because you said so that's, many good things. That's what she, that's what she do, Brad. She comes <laughs> out and she just drops fire. It's so good. It's so good. You're, so that's what I'm saying. A, a couple of minutes <laughs> ago, you me up way too high, uh, way too high. <laughs> well, a, a couple of minutes ago, you you, you kind of gave us this lesson that, hey, like, don't be afraid to take risks. Just just do it. Go all in. Okay. And then you gave us this other one, and I was about to I was about to come in and, and make a point, but you you did it so beautifully for me. And that is a lot of people will see like they have an idea for something, and then they see oh, there's a lot of saturation. I'm not going to do this. But the point is, is like, if there's a lot of saturation and people there, then your concept is proven. Like there's a need there. And I, I'm so glad you said that because it, it also goes back to that. Hey, just jump in, just do it. Um, you saw a lot of saturation there, but you carved your, your niche out. Something I'll do, Madison, I don't know if you've ever done this, but this is kind of like a practical thing. But when I see people that want to talk about getting into a saturated space, one thing I say to do is go create a list of, I don't know, we'll just say 10 to 20 other people in that arena and build out an Excel table and just map out what are they all doing? Like, what is their, what are their, what does their website say? What are they posting on social? Do they, are they, are they doing email marketing? Do they have lead generation on their website and make a list in Excel? And that way at a 30,000 foot view, I can kind of get an idea of what people are doing. And then I, from there, I can kind of figure out how I could maybe carve myself out a little differently than what they're doing. So I don't know. That's just a little practical thing that I've yeah. done um, to help see what everyone else is doing in that saturation. But I love what, what you said that. that was so yeah, good. totally. And I still, I take inspiration from all of those people for sure. So I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by them. Um, and I, I try to do the same thing. Like, what are they doing that is working? Could that work for me? If yes, great. How do I make it my own? If not, then that's okay. That's not my thing. I just got to be okay with that. Um, and then one thing too, that just reminded me of that when you were saying that is when we were working with Kyler, he asked, what brands do you like? What, and what do you like about them? And then what ones do you not like? And what don't you like about them? Why do you not want to be them? And that really helped me figure out exactly what I wanted my brand to be like. It didn't mean I was copying another brand or shaming another one or anything like that. It just helped me really organize my thoughts on what exactly I wanted to be. And I'm still working on this. Like <laughs> there's still so much that I, you know, have to do and have to grow this business, but, but it really did help me kind of find my thing. And so that's another option is kind of looking at like, what do I like? What don't I like? And how do I make that me? Yeah. I want to hang out here for just a little bit. Cause I think this is really like it's really why I wanted to talk to you and, and bring you on because you're in a really saturated space. You've built um, a great 
audience that's like I would say like smaller but like really kind of mighty and like that trusts you and totally. stuff yeah and so I I want to hang out here a little bit because I think there's two kind of key areas that are important to what you've done the first we've sort of talked about and I want to I want to talk about this more is like differentiation right like understanding that you are not this person and that person is not you and beyond that like even if you have pound for pound kind of the same idea you can execute it differently right you can add I'm gonna add modifications to this or I'm I'm going to uh, play different music or have a different pacing or um, the community component. I'm going to build a community around my products. Well, no one can replicate that because it's your community, right? So differentiating yourself, I think is important. And I want to come back to that. But I think the other thing that you've done well, and I know that you'll continue to do is just being consistent. Like I think so many of these brands end up just kind of like fading away, right? Like these brands that started when you started, or maybe will start, you know, going forward, like they fizzle out after a few months because they're not consistent, right? They don't have that. They're trying to be like these, all all these other brands and they're just not consistent in their content. You know, we work with, um, taking care of babies, which most people would, would know. And like Carol was not the first nor the only like sleep person out there. Right. But what happened is she was consistent. She showed up for audience every single day and, you know, five, six, seven years later, like she's reaping the benefits of that. So uh, I want to, I want to talk about differentiation a little bit. I want to talk about the community component and how you're kind of doing that. You talked about, you know, making a list of some of the brands that you like and how you want to be different, but what else have you done to be able to separate yourself and your brand from others who might be doing something similar? Yeah. Um, it's not going to be that great of an answer. <laughs> it's not going to be this aha thing, but, um, being myself really, truly, uh, when I first started too, I did a lot more of the mimicking and the copying of other people because I didn't know what to do and, you know, nothing really hit, nothing really took off. It wasn't resonating with people like I hoped it would. You know, and as soon as I was like, all right, that's got to go. I just got to show up how I am, you know, whatever that looks like. That is really what made the difference and really helped me connect with people. Um, Kyler, I think we talked about this a long time ago at the very beginning where I was like, I, I still have some boundaries and I still like to think like what's private is private. What's mine is mine. So how do I go on and be vulnerable, you know, on social media and for my community while still opening up to them, but keeping what's private or sacred to me right. that way. Right. And, right, right. and I realized that you don't have to get into the nitty gritty stuff. You just got to open up about your day-to-day feelings, your, just your life in general and just be yourself. And again, it doesn't yeah. have to be like this super deep or yeah, private yeah. stuff. It can just be like simple things. Like I love doing this and this is what I do. And you know, our day was like this and people just really resonate with that. Um, even yesterday I was just talking about how nervous I am bringing another baby into this world. So I have Mm. a almost two year old and I'm doing like two and a half, three weeks. We'll see when she comes. Um, and just talking about how nervous I was and I had no intentions of what that would do, but, but it opened up these amazing conversations in my chats and with my community. And it, helped me get closer to them and then, you know, get closer to me. And that is kind of how I've set myself apart while also building the community is just by being myself. And again, I know that's not an exciting answer. I know that's probably what everybody says, 
but that's what's made the difference. And it's actually easy because that's just who I am. <laughs> it's way less work than right. trying yeah. to become someone or mimic yeah. someone or whatever it is. And it just right. has such cool results is these, you know, yeah. connects with women. And, and that is a big part of how my community has been built is just in those side conversations and really relating and resonating to the, the other women. So. So Madison, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you're talking about this authenticity piece yeah. when you're, when you're posting on social and, you know, I'm sure you, you have posts where maybe you're sharing something personal about yourself and I'm sure you've got posts where it's largely information, like, like you're, you're teaching me something, right? Like a move exercise yeah. something. What tends to get the most engagement for you when you share a personal story or information? Absolutely. The personal stuff. <laughs> That's, that's just what connects with people. And it's funny because again, I, I didn't do any of that at the beginning. Cause I'm like, this is a business page. This is not my, my Instagram where I come on and show what me and my son did today or what I made him for lunch or the rough day that he and I had that's, that's separate. And as soon as I started slowly opening up, that's when, again, that community started being built and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just funny how much people crave that authenticity. And I didn't even realize how much I crave that connection that I also get by sharing too. Like yesterday, I was, like I said, I was struggling with just some of my feelings and my nerves that I had. And these women that I'm supposed to be helping somehow lifted me up and my village stepped up to take care of me instead of me taking care of them. So there's lots of really cool things that can come with sharing. And, and like I said, you don't have to share the nitty gritty stuff. There's still so much that I, I keep private and personal and sacred. And that's just, that's just my personality is I don't think everything's for everyone. Um, but you can really, really connect to people by just sharing who you are and what you're feeling and what your crazy day is like. <laughs> okay. So I got, I, I kind of want to dive into just, just for a second. You, yeah. you, you said, um, People crave the authenticity. They crave the stories. You know, it's interesting. They're, you know, they come to you because obviously they want to learn about about fitness and and getting that that mother figure. You know, um, so they want to learn that stuff. Why is it that? Why do you think that people just crave that personal story from you? Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, it's funny that you said obviously get the mother figure because that is what the name and the business started out as like fitness, 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 and well, health and wellness, you know, like all of that. And that's where the figure came in. And somehow it's evolved into the different phrase of the word where it's like literally mother figure, someone to look up to someone to relate to. And I'm not saying that they all look up to me, but we all look up to each other in different ways and relate to each other in different ways. Um, and it's again, that's one of those just added bonuses that I liked the play on words, but I didn't realize how big of a piece of my business that would be. And so I think it translates into that craving that authenticity because they want someone who is sharing the hard part about their day, but then also how they got through it. They don't want to just hear someone complain about how hard being a mom is. You know, there's plenty of that out there. Like being a mom is hard. I'm not myself, but they also want to hear that, like, but this is how I got through it. And this is how I'm going to be better for it. And I tried this and it didn't work, but now I'm going to try this. And I think that, you know, just in today's world in general, you crave connection, you crave authenticity because there's not a lot of that going on lately. But then also as a mom, especially if you're a stay at home mom, I mean, any kind of mom, but you crave that connection to someone. And as weird as it sounds, 
you really can feel connected through social media, through a virtual platform, through digital, all of that. And it's different for sure, but it, it can be just as special if you let it be. I love it. That's so good. I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the practical ways to do that. Cause I, I think you kind of have like multiple ways to approach this where you have kind of that mindset shift. And we talked to Ashri Nareem um, from Psych Mommy yesterday, and she said almost the same thing. She talks about fighting imposter syndrome and just like dealing with like struggling with what do I share and what do I not, you know, not share and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything practically that you've done when you're creating content? Does that go through your mind? Like I need to do this or I need to share this or has it, has there been anything that you've done to make it maybe a little more second nature? Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm always curious, like what, what goes on kind of behind the scenes there? Yeah. So like, as far as like social media content and preparing all that goes, I do set a schedule and a plan, but I leave that for the educational stuff. So I make a plan of how I can show up and keep being consistent. And just for people listening, like Kyler said, I would show up and be consistent when there'd be zero likes on a post. I would show up and do live and not one, like a live hour long workout and not one person would log in, not one. And I would talk to myself like I was in a room of a hundred people and it's okay. (laughs) And it's going to be okay. And I know that it's going to (laughs) grow. So be consistent with social media, showing up your business. Every day I tried to do something towards it. I still am in here filming workouts that won't be seen by anyone for a very long time. But anyway, separate thing. Um, So for social media or content planning, um, even writing workouts and filming them, I make a strict plan so that I can stay on it. And I want to make sure that I'm hitting all my points and all the pillars of my business when I'm educating and sharing all of that. But then I, I don't plan the day-to-day life authenticity thing you know that that to me there's there's for sure times that i'm like oh i have a doctor's appointment i'll make sure that i let them know how it went or like to see the baby or whatever and like little parts of my life that i know will resonate with them that i'm like oh i want to make sure that i document this or share it but oftentimes life just happens and then later i'll get on and be like you guys (laughs) (laughs) this is what just went down this is the chaos that you know ensued and then i can kind of talk walk them through it um and that's another thing too as being on social media and being a mom is you can't be on it all day you can't plan for what your day is going to be like um the second you have a plan your little one will change it up and you know, so I'm not on my phone all day long. It may seem like that because they get a lot of content all at once and posting, but it's maybe 20 minutes of my day while he's napping. And it's, you know, super, super easy. So yeah, so just yeah. keep showing up. I do plan the educational stuff because that is the base of my business. But then I just kind of let life flow and try to share yeah. what feels comfortable. And if it makes sense for them, I do, you know. What do you, do you, do you typically, and I'm, I'm mostly just curious, like, yeah, you know, cause obviously on Instagram, you have reels, you have stories, you have like in feed posts. Yeah. Um, do you typically like kind of tend to kind of put things in different buckets? Like do you use stories for more of your personal stuff? Cause it's kind of quick. It's happening throughout the day. Like how do you kind of differentiate between those? Yeah, definitely. So first off, I hate reels. They're horrible and I wish it wasn't a thing, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> 
So you got to point to the air and, you know, do all the dumb stuff, but they work. They reach a lot of people. Um, but I do, I use the feed for all, majority of the education. I'm, I'm totally fine sharing some of the big personal things like baby announcements, or I've talked about our losses on there. Um, you know, or my son's birthday and how that made me feel as a mom. You know, I, I definitely share some personal things on there, but I do keep that for mostly education purposes because my hope is that someone will come to the page, find mother figure and be able to scroll forever and just learn and absorb all of that content and education that they are clearly out there looking for and that it, it's there for them. Um, and then I still share some content as far as education goes on stories, but I do use that more for personal, just like you said, it's, it's quick, it's easy, it's happening fast. And I can film it very quickly and naturally and organically. You know, I put a lot more thought into my feed posts than the stories because stories just are there and then they're gone. <laughs> Madison, what do you, what, what, what do you not like about pointing around the screen and reels? Yeah, you know? right? and dancing around and <laughs> Yeah, it's like really fun. If I didn't dance in front of 20,000 people at one point in my life, there is no way I would feel comfortable doing that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprising that you don't like reels then if you have that like, because you yeah. were uh, you for you for the Suns, right? Or the what was the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Did, okay, right. Yeah, I danced to the NBA yeah. for both. Um, and it was so much fun. It's just a lot different to dance in silence in your room yeah. and point to the air. <laughs> And act all excited. So yeah, it's like my, no instant feedback on that. Exactly. Yeah. What I've learned to do, and this is also a fine line, is my son loves filming videos with me. He just thinks it's like the coolest, funniest thing in the world. And he picks up on things very quickly. Like if there's pointing somewhere, yeah. he likes to do it. Um, and so I'll involve him in there too. And what yeah. it makes me more comfortable, but <laughs> two, he enjoys it. Um, yeah, I don't ever fun. want to exploit my child. And the second he doesn't want to do it, I will never, ever make him. <laughs> but he loves filming videos with mommy. So that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah. About it, oh, but... man, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> now you're going to have, you know, a new on camera star here pretty soon. So it'll yes, you'll probably have had the baby by the yeah. time this comes out, which is exactly. exciting. So, you know, one thing, too, that I want to mention about reels, just something to think about is that's the way the algorithm is right now. Like if you make a reel, more people find you, you know, all of that stuff. And that's amazing. And that's great. And that's how you expand your brand that you get more views, you get more people. But it also reaches people who are not your ideal client, who are not your ideal customer, your mm -hmm. ideal viewer. And I've had to be very aware of that because it can, I don't mind the views on there. That's fine. But yeah. some people will follow and I actually remove them if I know that they are not there to absorb the real content that I am providing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine not... too, like you're, you're dealing probably, well, I mean, obviously we see you and I know what you yes. look like and, but this is an audio podcast, right? And like, yes. you know, you were a professional dancer and you are wearing, you know, athletic clothing and your workouts and stuff. Like yes. I would imagine that also tends to attract some weirdos and and yeah. like more, more than probably just about any other brand like that's probably yeah. in the, the nicest way that's that. exactly what i'm saying there are people yeah. who show up that don't belong and i'm not trying yeah. to get yes followers are amazing yes that can make a big difference it can change people's mind if they want to stay on your yeah. page once they see how many you have or whatever 
but it's not worth it to me. So yeah, oftentimes you're not trying to get stalked. <laughs> exactly. I oftentimes I am removing followers. And the good thing is is I can tell very quickly if you are someone who belongs to mother figure. If you're a mom, a woman, it's easy to tell that you're here for the right reasons yeah. and you want to yeah. absorb what I'm sharing. Uh you're this is a really fun interview. And you know, it's funny, a lot of people we've interviewed, they have like teed up doing a second third and fourth interview and you were you were just like i mean i feel like we could talk for another couple hours on this stuff you've been such a good teacher um, oh, you're nice. something we do at the end of, we ask two questions uh, uh, of all of our interviews and they're kind of fun questions but the first one is what recent purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life this one made me think really really hard <laughs> because i had to yeah i had to think think deep on this one. And again, it's not going to be that exciting of an answer, but I would say my workout equipment. I went from being in a full gym, going to the gym every day, having access to everything to working out at home every single day <laughs> with mm. hardly any equipment. Yeah. So I built, I say a home gym, but it's, I mean, very minimal equipment for a hundred dollars I'd slowly added maybe up to 150. So it's nothing crazy, but I would say like my dumbbells, some mini bands and my bench have been literally life-changing for me because I wouldn't be able to be me, have my business help these moms if I didn't have those. So Are you an adjustable dumbbells type person or do you like to have them all individual sizes? I do like individual sizes, but those are actually cheaper. So you can get everything cheap on Amazon if you look really hard. <laughs> oh, the the so I bought adjustables a couple of years ago. They're expensive. They are very expensive. Very. So, so you think I could have a full at home? Like if I have dumbbells, a, a bench, and some bands, and I'm good to go? Yeah. Heck yeah! That's what all my workouts are every single day. That's what it is. So I love it. And I feel like I'm staying in decent shape. I mean, I got a little little bump coming, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm trying. And you know, not only has it changed my life, I'd argue that it will hopefully and is changing other people's lives. <laughs> For sure. That's great. Yeah. All right. Last, last one question. And we've yeah. we added a third in kind of like, you know, we've been staggering these interviews and have uh, we're not fully sure of the release order. So, you know, I'm sorry if you're listening to this out of order. Um, but we, we might sneak a third in there that we've been asking, and this is, it's more for our own personal fun satisfaction. Um, oh, great. But no pressure. What, uh, what, cause, platform... cause you haven't seen it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't send it over. Um, what platform software or app could your business not live without and no, no social media? Ooh. Ooh okay. Um, well our program, the prepare to thrive program lives on Kajabi. So, I mean, it has yeah. to have that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then just reaching moms. I know I'm not supposed to say social media, but Canva, that is where I build all my content. Um, I am not a graphic designer. I am not any of those things, but that's the only way that makes me feel like I semi know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's been mentioned on every episode. So as, <laughs> as is, you know, our, our usual custom, if you uh, work at Canva and you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, <laughs> there you go. Completely unprompted. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think every I think it's been said a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. That's your yeah, cue to buy 100%. stock in Canva right now. That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. There it's you go. such a. I mean, even I will tell you, Canva is amazing. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. So yeah, I, I use it, and I have a background in design. Like I have a, a emphasis in my degree is in graphic design. 
So the, the person we paid to uh, put together our resource guide, I was like, oh, you'll be so embarrassed that I yeah. was going to try to do myself on Canva. She's like, oh, I love Canva. That's what I use. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that far off. <laughs> <laughs> so our mystery third question okay. is what shows have you been watching? Oh, okay. I actually just last night started binging Married at First Sight. <laughs> Yes, that is my favorite. That's my favorite show. Are you on the it's new season? So the good. Season 14? Yes, the newest one. Yes. It's out right now. Yes. Yeah, but I'm only Brit and I, one it's, episode it, in. It's all the so time. good, though. Oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> that's different my, than, that is Brit and I's favorite show. This is not so Love good. at First Sight on Netflix. No, it's Married at First Sight. They literally, it's yeah. on Lifetime. They literally they meet get, at the two altar. strangers. They meet at the altar. And then oh, they like, follow yeah. them and they have like 90 days to. What's the success yeah. rate of these marriages? Not very high. There's, there's a couple. There's some though, and they have it. kids, and yeah, I mean, not very high. Yeah. How could it be, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Jamie Otis is like one of the more popular ones. She's an influencer, yeah. and she, her, and her husband got married in season one, um, and they're they still have two together, kids. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, oh, that's so funny. That, yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> show. It drops. It's on Wednesday nights. We're recording this on a Thursday, so it's available yeah. today. My wife and I will watch it. Tonight, yes, it's so. my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I, love I love it. So fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Madison, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're awesome. We are super honored to get to work with you and partner with you and just know you. Um, you're super fun and you have a really awesome brand and, and just really proud of everything that you've accomplished. So thanks for thank sharing you. a little bit of your story today.